It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Well, good morning, everybody. Chuck Bartok here for the 375th episode of the Focus Society of Overachievers. That's a long time of doing anything, but it sure has been a pleasure meeting people from around the world, sharing ideas based on some basic principles that I uh, was able and fortunate to pick up as a young person in college. That was the ability to control our own lives, our own destiny, by applying a God-given talent called thinking, the opportunity to learn and hone the skill of thinking for self. Thinking for self. Napoleon Hill, who we've discussed many times in this program and have been reviewing his newest book, just published in 2011, Outwitting the Devil, Written in 1938, but hidden from view from the public, uh, the Hill family and the heirs felt that uh, the controversy surrounding this book would not be good for the family, quote, reputation. So glad that um, the foundation finally relented and allowed the manuscript to be edited and, and published by Sharon Lecter in 2011, so the world can uh, look at a different side of Napoleon Hill, but the emphasis is still the same, and that is the importance, the necessity of all of us who want to succeed. And I, you know, those words are bantered success. In other words, just basically feel good about self, enjoy life, uh, be able to share that happiness, that joy with other people, and to express the gratitude to those who have helped you get to where you want to go. That is success. And the only way you can attain that is to hone the skills of thinking. A successful person cannot get there by walking lockstep to the devil. And, of course, as we go through this book, uh, we're now on chapter 11 of Outwitting the Devil. We get to realize that the devil is really personified by society, that collective group of people typically in the hands of a select few, let's call them, quote, leaders, although uh, I can think of none today that represent the true definition of leadership in its positive side. Uh, and if, if they have the power to diminish our ability to think, therefore they have the ability to control large groups of population to uh, walk lockstep into their belief. I think in the United States of America, we have witnessed this transition over the last 30, 40 years, possibly 50 years, uh, that I've watched uh, in my adulthood uh, transcend the diminishing of the American family, the power of the social unit, the strongest social unit ever created, the family. If we destroy that, we can then move into the local communities and put them into disarray. 
and then moving through the larger government entities, the state, and finally the federal government. And if we can take away, if we can diminish the capacity of people to think for themselves, if we can make it so easy for them not to have to think for themselves, by keeping them fed and bred, I mean that sincerely, fed and bred and sheltered, we have the opportunity to control. Uh, and this is I, this has been evidenced, especially in the last four to eight years here in this country. Uh, it's 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 just something we see every day. Napoleon Hill wrote this book in 1938, right after uh, thinking, and he wrote this book because he felt he wanted a little more uh, freedom, because uh, Think and Grow Rich was basically written at the request of uh, uh, President Roosevelt, because Napoleon Hill at that time was working. Uh, on uh, the committee of rebuilding America. But Outwitting the Devil does show us a different side of Napoleon Hill, and I suggest anybody who hasn't read it to get a copy uh, at the local library. It's free. Uh, there are copies in paperback form and used books available at bestbusinessmindset.com. That's bestbusinessmindset.com forward slash backslash whatever the slash is. Uh, devil, D-E-V-I-L. Uh, lowercase devil. Uh, I was extremely happy. I know, I've known about this manuscript for years. I'm so glad that it finally came into the public because it does show us a different side of Mr. Hill, which is always interesting to learn more about people that you admired. And uh, it, 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 when you read this book, you almost think you're reading about today. And of course, it was written in 1938. Chapter 11, which is what we started, we briefly touched on last week, focuses on the topic learning from adversity and uh, uh, the things that have happened in our country, in the United States of America, just in the last uh, four or five days, uh, is, is an example of, quote, adversity, and also an example of how people can react to and upon adverse situations. It was a horrific, horrific thing that happened in a small town in Connecticut on Friday. A young man uh, murdered in cold blood a bunch of people, unfortunately. Uh, well, any person, any person is terrible, but uh, these happened to be young, innocent children, first, and first grade in kindergarten. And, of course, consequently, the leaders of this country Every one of those pompous idiots had to go in front of the public and, uh, uh, you know, uh, with, with, with the phony alligator tears, uh, uh, you know, express their condolences, but immediately, immediately propose solutions to the problem. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to state right now the problem is because of them. The problem is because this group of 500 to 550 people for the last 50 years have been creating law upon law upon law which have no basis of the natural ten laws written by God and given to us so many years ago. Those laws still stand as being the way to think and grow rich. Grow rich in spirit, grow rich in humanity. 70,000 pages of laws produced per year. 
that do nothing but put restriction on the opportunity to think. There was a great discussion on Facebook this morning about everybody talks about guns and gun control. How about talking about pharma control? How about the fact that we've created generations of zombies? We're prescribing drugs to children for conditions that I don't know. Where were they 50 years ago? Are they the outcome of poor diet? Are they the outcome of people being actually led to the path of poor health at the supermarket? You deserve a break today, therefore buy junk food? I don't know. I don't have an answer to this. But anyway, adversity. We have adversity. We have problems. What do we do with our problems? How do we cope with problems? Obviously, the people that currently live in the United States of America are happy being enslaved by their federal government. Otherwise, they wouldn't have voted in the direction they did this last election. Because they are on the path of enslavement, financial enslavement, and personal personal rights enslavement. Guest three has joined us. Good morning. If you'd like to type in who you are and where you're from, we will uh, give you credit. Good morning, Chuck. Well, good morning, Lori. Glad to see that you've joined us. Uh, uh, so, guest three is talking. And how is everything uh, in uh, St. Louis, Lori? Everything is he is very well. Um, it is kind of strange because my hubby is like twelve uh, hundred plus miles away from me, but oh, where did uh, he go? He's he is in Cancun, Mexico, Cancun and Riviera Maya, Mexico. Well, what's he doing there? By without you, he is um, there for his company, uh, his work as uh, cruise and tour. Travel. Oh, um, fantastic! Towards redemption. All right, and, very good. And sales specialist. So he's he's on a familiarization trip. All right. And I wasn't, of course, um, in that circumstance. Um, families aren't invited; they're not a part. Oh, of that. okay. Well, I'm sure that uh, he's having fun, and so are you, enjoying your children. That's pretty great. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we've had a busy time together the kiddos in school and marissa's got a concert this afternoon and this evening rather and so i'm i'm going to get to go hear that all right I'm excited about that okay. well at least at least you're you're handling what some people might call adversity uh, very well because you know that you are in control of that which happens upon around you and uh, it taking care of your children uh, giving your children the opportunity to expand themselves and think for themselves instead of following a lockstep to societal pressures that uh, are in the hands of the devil, as we have learned through uh, through the um, readings of uh, Napoleon Hill in Outwitting the Devil. And, uh, you know, uh, let's go back to uh, Chapter 11, uh, Learning from Adversity. We learned in the book uh, what prompted Hill to write this. He had reached his low point in life, uh, having that um, 
he was a marked man for several years, marked to be killed because he kind of stepped on some people's toes. Uh, Mr. Hill was carrying a gun uh, for daily protection and would only go out into, into the world at night, uh, uh, living in impoverished conditions with uh, family members. He and his wife had lost everything, and, and it was that low ebb that brought him back into his direction and reminded him how we cope with adversity and what we need to climb out of adverse conditions. And, of course, in this book, uh, Outwitting the Devil, he is uh, interviewing the devil, and the devil's telling him how things are happening. And Napoleon Hill says at the beginning of Chapter 11, is failure ever a benefit of, to man? And the devil says, yes, indeed. Learning from adversity is the third of seven principles. But few people know that every adversity brings with it the seed of equivalent advantage. And still fewer people know the difference between temporary defeat and failure. If this knowledge were generally known, I would be deprived, I the devil, would be deprived of one of my strongest weapons of control over human beings, and we know that's fear. As long as man walks in fear, he is so easily controlled and manipulated and again, we have found over the years, hundreds of years, those despots who have gained power over large groups of people have done it through fear. And they were able to get to those people by offering them, quote, freebies, ways out, simple, simple ways out of adversity. Adversity is not simple. One must face it head on, and one must realize the power that they were given by God when they were born. But I understand you to say that failure is one of your greatest allies. I got the impression from your confession that failure causes people to lose ambition and quit trying. And then you take them over without opposition. That's just the point. I take them over after they quit trying. If they knew the difference between temporary defeat and failure, and temporary defeat and failure, most of you know that I consult with business persons. And they drop a beautiful business plan, as I personally have done and as Lori has done. And, and we march forward with enthusiasm and desire to see that business plan work, and we bump into roadblocks. It's not a straight and simple path. It's a path that, that has curves, hills, and dales. And if we have that burning desire and we have belief in ourselves, if we know, born in the image and likeness of God, that we have the opportunity to do that which we want to, those little bumps in the road can be overcome. However, if we're weak, if we don't have belief, if we don't have strong feelings about self, and we take the societal pressure, we allow the societal pressure to, we allow friends and neighbors to interfere, we'll quit. And it's the quitting that, in my mind, is the sin. That's really what sin is, is you're quitting. You quit the commandments. You quit believing. Those are my impressions. Those are my ideas. That's my opinion. One can take it or leave it. The devil takes it. If they knew that from every form of defeat and all failures bring with them the seed of unborn opportunity, they would keep on fighting and win. 
Success usually is but one short step beyond the point where one quits fighting. Reminds me of the three feet in gold. Are, are you getting a lot of static from me, Lori? There does seem to be static in the line, yeah. You know what? I, I'm going to, if you don't mind, Lori, uh, why, why don't you sing us a song or go to the piano and play something? I'm going to hang up and call back in, okay? Well, I don't know about going, I don't have a piano now to go to uh, at the moment, but I will stay on here and um, and converse with Well, you. I'm going to try to call back in, Okay. Okay. Okay, and I think we'll still be recording. I think that'll continue. I, uh, You know, maybe I can't. Hold on. Anyway, I hope the static doesn't bother everybody too much. And, and uh, Anyway, I don't know what it is with our phone line here on the river, but, you know, hey, it's an adversity that we'll have to overcome. <laughs> anyway, the devil makes his point that we don't understand that these temporary roadblocks can be overcome, and if we allow them to stop us, he has the opportunity to take over. And, of course, he, he, he mentions that it's that way, if you give up, it's easy to become a drifter, and it's easy to become under the control of hypnotic rhythm. Napoleon Hill on page 203, but what about failure? One does not fail intentionally with purpose afterthought. No one encourages temporary defeat. However, I believe a lot of us can set ourselves up to it. These are circumstances over which the individual often has no control. That's true. How then can it be said that nature does not take away one's freedom of thought when failure destroys ambition? willpower, and the self-confidence essential to make a fresh start. Thank you, Guest 4. Glad you joined us. If you'd like to type in who you are and where you're from, we'll sure recognize you. If you'd like to call in, one seven two four 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 seven four four four. show number 2855. We'd love to hear from you. The devil turns around on page 203 and says, failure is a man-made circumstance. And that's something that's so hard for us to believe. Failure is a man-made circumstance, just like fear is created by us. We allow fear to be created in our minds. Because we, children have no fear. Fear is instilled upon them by societal pressure as they evolve out of the innocence of childhood and into, I guess, what we call today maturity, which God forbid that we continue to go on this path of maturity. Failure is a man-made circumstance. It is never real until it has been accepted by man as permanent. Stating it another way, the devil says, failure is a state of mind. Therefore, it is something an individual can control, because we can control our thoughts. Until he neglects to exercise the privilege. Go ahead, Lori. That's like, I I tell my kids... um, Marissa is kind of like me in in math sometimes, and she likes to try to tell me when she gets frustrated. I can't, I can't do the, I can't do math, Mom. And I and I've told her not, but 
a couple of days ago, I said, I said, in this household, we don't do the word I can't. Mm-hmm. There's I won't, but you will um, succeed at math. It's we just have to find the right person or the right resource to show you to explain the concept that you're struggling with. Right. You know what might be fun with Marissa? What? <clears throat> I posted a picture several years ago, I believe in the year 2000. I don't know. I can't remember anymore. We built a tombstone, put it out at the ranch. I bury the word I can't. That little exercise of taking a piece of wood, maybe doing some wood burning or, or some painting, and and if we instill upon our children the fact that they should never include in their life in their vocabulary the words I can't. And, and by, by making that exercise of burying, actually dig a hole and, and write it down on a piece of paper and bury it and put a tombstone on it. So, and, and put it in such a place that they will see it as they come home uh, back and forth. It can have a powerful effect because they personally buried the word I can't. One of the most devastating That's, phrases that, in that the That is human. definitely correct. So, I mean, that is... I mean, you have to take that is definitely putting in people's psyches to to learn things. Mm-hmm. I mean, that they will remember these things. That's right. I mean, I think that I think the human race has a lot of lo, a lot of potential, but the human race, the potential of the human race is it's all about time. We need to we need to give the human race a lot of time. It's only been around a short time. <laughs> yeah. So we, we need time to to evolve. Right. right. Guess for where are you from? Australia. Australia. Well, thank you very much. It's uh, uh, it's tomorrow already where you are, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're sitting here on yeah. Tuesday, and and you're already okay, in. Yeah, I think it's uh, well, I think it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday yeah. here. Yes, you're just Wednesday. Turn we- just turned Wednesday. Yeah. Very. Bu- where, whereabouts in Australia are you? Uh, Western Australia. Ah, the old wheat country. I loved Western Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Years ago, uh, the Australian wheat industry supplied most of the west coast of the United States. You're joking. Yeah. No, I, I did yeah. a, I did a paper when I was we in college. Actually, our, our country actually depends on a lot of our right. other countries for our actual food because, but we do employ a lot of people to basically. Uh, dig uh, like uh, our natural resources out of the ground, mm-hmm. but they export them. Right. I mean, China is a big uh, importer of our uh, like uh, iron ore, right? Uranium, right? I mean, they basically um, import our uh, well, our country really mm-hmm. because it's a very, very vast land and it has a lot of natural resources and no and people. Basically, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know I, I I came very close to becoming a uh, <clears throat> to moving to Australia back in the '60s, and uh, at that time, uh, just a set of circumstances. One of my instructors at the university was from Australia, and he thought he was going back, and he thought it would be fun because I was deeply involved in agriculture, and uh, yeah. it, you know, it just all the opportunities were there. It didn't happen. I I'm, I'm not going to cry about it. I if I did, it was I would a lot be... different back in them days. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot different back in this compared to the compared to now. I mean, the economy's changed a lot. Right, I understand. Compared sure. to the nine, 
compared to the 60s and the 70s. Well, I mean, what we have is we have now. we have more of a global situation too, and then you know back it's hard for us to realize that even back in the 60s there still was a, a more nationalistic approach. Uh, to a lot of things, and today uh, we, we've been encouraged to become this diverse global population, which, you know, I have my personal feelings that that's uh, detrimental to uh, the growth of mankind, but that's my opinion, and we're going to move yeah. on. Thank you very much, Guest 4. We're going to move on to uh, discuss a little more about Chapter 11. By the way, uh, have you read the book, Outwitting the Devil? Oh, no, I haven't, sir. Well, I tell you what, if you go, if you have access to a computer and go to bestbusinessmindset.com slash devil, that'll take you to a spot where you can find used ones, used copies, paperback and hardbound. It's a book that was written in 1938 by Napoleon Hill and was just published for the first time available to the eyes of the population in the year 2011, and there were very re- very strong reasons why it was not published. The Napoleon Hill family and foundation felt that since it's so controversial, that it would diminish the stature that Napoleon Hill had. And I'm so very glad that the management of the foundation decided to get it published and put it in the hands of a very capable young lady, Sharon Lecter. She went through the handwritten manuscript and edited it very, very closely to Napoleon Hill's um, uh, uh, thought process here. And uh, the thing that a lot of people are not aware of the fact that Napoleon Hill had his share of adversity in his life. He had his share of disappointments. Um, there, there's one thing, this was written in the late, uh, this was written in 1938, but what turned his life around was an occurrence that happened to him about 1928, 1929. But here's a man that it, in the year 1919, as a young man, because of his reading Charles Hannell's famous book, The Master Key, and focusing on Chapter 4, Napoleon Hill took the direction of Charles Hannell and went out and secured a $105,000 a year part-time contract in 1919. Actually, it was April of 1919. And when we talk about those that kind of money today, it's phenomenal because, uh, you know, we're, we're talking in that – that's not present value. That's the actual amount of money he was paid in the year 1919. So Napoleon Hill was riding on a How much was he paid? $105,000 a year for a part-time consulting position. Oh, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money in 1990. Oh, it still would be today. Yes, it is. $5,000. But, but what's interesting, in 1929, Napoleon Hill was broke and living in the house of a relative with he and his family, totally impoverished, you see. So so life is not all what we think it is, and life is not, uh, you know, we, we hear about people, we, we, if, unless we find out about people, and this is what bothers me in the States, I don't know how it is in Australia, we see figures who are put in front of us as society thinks that they should be icons, politicians, entertainers, sports people. Well, before I, I can praise or before I can have any sense of adulation towards a person, I want to know more about them. And if it requires me talking to them personally, that's my prerogative. I do not make judgments about political figures unless I've been able to ascertain where they are, how they came from, how they got to where they are, not just because they're sitting in front of a podium reading crap. And it's well, our that's job. exactly it. I mean, Obama needs to do a speech, but 
one thing I did notice is he has to read off a piece of paper. Oh, yeah. I mean, he does that, know how to think. That is one thing. Well, I, I didn't bring that up myself. I mean, I right. read that off um, somebody right. commenting on YouTube. Right. That the, um, Barack Obama had to read off a piece of paper. I mean, it's just amazing that he would actually do that on national television. Oh, well, he... And in, well, this is international because everybody in the world was watching. Like, and yeah. I, I give my heart out um, to what's just happened in Connecticut. I mean, you... This is um like this is absolutely disgusting. I mean, what like what is going on? That they, I mean, it's all about evolution of um the human race. Mm. I mean, we just need to evolve and just get over our um. I mean, this is what we're doing, is um absolutely um we're, we're being immature in a lot of aspects. Well, well our, one of the things we need to evolve. Yeah, I I mentioned that occurrence uh, in the beginning of the show. And, and to me, it's a perfect example, I mean, in my opinion, again, a perfect example of the fact that we are no longer encouraged to think for ourselves. Society would much rather have us on a pharma program, a drug program to alter our mind, and they would constantly want us to not think for ourselves by providing us providing us the sustenance. You see, if you have to sit down and think about where your next meal is coming from and devise a plan to get it, you're constantly honing a skill that was God-given, and that is your ability to think, and that's where power comes from. But if I keep feeding you, if I keep feeding you, and I keep clothing you, and I keep you sheltered, you never have to think. Consequently, I can stay in control and control, enslave a large population with a handful of people because you're beholden to me. What gets me is that uh, there's a lot of excusing the behavior, I feel like, of the shooter away. Well, we have to remember that he was that he was not well either. Yeah. Like, um, the fact of what his what was going on with him physically or mentally does not excuse that he murdered in cold blood twenty six uh, six or seven year olds. I mean, That's right. it just oh, it it when when I hear oh but but he wasn't well either we have to keep that in mind it's like well Lori you weren't well when you were in college you know I wasn't well I'm not well today (laughs) for crying out loud but I have to be responsible it takes a lot it takes a lot of strength to actually do what this person did yeah yeah. and I'm surprised he actually was capable of actually doing what he did because I mean even uh, it's just it's just it's just unimaginable. It's just un, everybody in the world is just saying it's just absolutely unbelievable what this person has done. Right. And but but things like and I, I will say I, I made a point also. In fact, I wrote an article on one of the social media. We have a lot of focus on this because it happened to be a situation that occurred in a short period of time in one location. But isn't it interesting that we have such a poor sense of value in human life in a great town in the United States, one that I was born in, Chicago, Illinois, there are more children being shot on the street annually than the soldiers killed in Afghanistan annually. Yet we see nothing about that. 500 people, 500 young people, youth, 
killed on the streets of Chicago, that's over one a day, isn't it? Well, we, we, we would probably, my country, I mean, we would have the same problems mm-hmm. unless the, um, what they actually did is they enacted um, gun laws where they would destroy, like they have these um, machines where they actually just destroy the guns. Right. They crush them. Mm-hmm. So they destroy the guns. So, I mean, we would actually be having the same problems that America right. is having unless they didn't destroy, like, I mean, if they, I mean, if the police in America, they have, um, take weapons off the hands of criminals, they keep the weapons, but in Australia, they destroy them. Right. So it's, it's different. So we destroy the weapons so they can't um, be carried on into the right. hands of... But, but you still have, you still have a, quite a large number in the hands of some people. I know that for a fact. <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, well, that, well they all, they'll always get the weapons. I yeah. mean, they can... But, I mean, they can import them. I mean, most of these guns are made overseas anyway. Right, absolutely. I mean, and, and, they're, and they're introducing new technologies like 3D technologies where, where they're going to be able to make these weapons anyway um, without the help of these. Uh, so there's just basically, there's no way to stop it. Right, right. Uh-oh, there must be somebody at my front door. Oops, that's okay, Flo. She's all right. That's okay. All right. Well, thank you very much for your input there. We're going to move a little forward on Chapter 11. Again, the, uh, I, I, the, this topic that you know is a hot topic around the world, as you uh, so well stated. What is your name, please? My name? Yes. Uh, do I have to give my real name? I don't care what you say. I mean, just so that I don't have to call you guest uh, number five. I just call me Daniel. Okay, Daniel, that's fine. Yeah, Daniel. Daniel. I'm Chuck, and uh, Lori Polina is with us from St. Louis, Missouri. Yep. Lori has an interesting history. She uh, is a perfect example of somebody who ignored what society said and went forward and did what she wanted to do and uh, and, and enjoyed it. Uh, uh, she uh, has has some real talent that uh, she shares with people occasionally in the in the form of entertainment and uh, playing the piano. So, um, the law of hypnotic rhythm, uh, of course, is how the devil controls us. Failure is a man-made circumstance. Um, we just discussed that. So moving on to page 204, failure is a state of mind. Therefore, it is something an individual can control until he neglects to exercise this privilege. Sharon Lecter asks in a footnote, can this be true? Has Napoleon Hill convinced you that failure is a man-made circumstance? See, a lot of people don't want to believe that. They want to blame somebody else. Failure is a madman circumstance. He believes, he makes, I believe, Sharon believes, he makes a compelling case. If, you, if I look closely at my life, my own successes and failures in business, mistakes and missteps, can I claim that anyone is responsible other than myself? Will a personal inventory of your life yield different results? Hill has helped me, Sharon Lecter says, place a different value on failure than I did in the past. One of the examples in my life that we've shared in this thing, um, I had some dry land wheat back uh, right after I married my lovely wife, Shirley, 30-some years ago. Uh, I pretty much bet the family farm, our farm, on, on that wheat crop. It grew magnificently. I did everything right. Nature was in our favor, and uh, when the buyers came out and uh, looked at those uh, waving uh, fields of grain, 
they said, boy, this is one of the nicest dry land crops we've ever seen. And uh, they uh, wanted to book the crop at a decent price. And we were ecstatic because, wow, this was going to set our life off on a good foot. Well, in May, just as the wheat was in the dough stage, we had a condition that's called the north wind. And it blew long. It's normally a three-day wind, but it blew for seven days. Just as the wheat was forming the berry, it was in what's called the dough stage. And that hot north wind, and of course this was dry land, there was no way for me to put any water on it. Actually what happened is those wheat berries never formed. They were literally baked in the formative stage. So when it came time to harvest in June, the wheat still looked beautiful. It looked magnificent. I got on the combine and started going through the first swath. The wheat was pouring into the header, just this magnificent uh, uh, grass coming in, but there was no sound in the back. There was no wheat pouring into the hopper. It was going tink, 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 one at a time. And I was very discouraged, and the gentleman that, who is now deceased, my old neighbor who was helping me as a younger man, he went out, and we got down from the combine, and we went out into the field and took a, a head of wheat and smashed it in our fingers, and there was nothing there. Now, it was a total failure. We lost completely all the investment that was there up to that point. Now, the interesting point is that was not a failure. It was a circumstance beyond control. Okay, It was a natural circumstance that no matter how intelligent you were, no matter how much control you had over your activities, you couldn't have stopped it. The big question is, do you quit farming? Do you quit doing what you believe in because of a circumstance like that? No, I didn't. Okay, Did we suffer greatly? Yes, we did. Did we ever climb out of the hole? Some people might say, no, we never did. That's not the point. But we have to understand the difference between, quote, failures or bumps in the road that may have been caused by our lack of attention, or some of us may come across bumps in the road that are beyond our control, and those you can't worry about. Only worry and focus about things that you can control. I really don't care well, what there, happens. There are certain things we can't ignore, though. Well, you know, you can't. I can't ignore the fact that the wind blew, you understand. Yeah. And I can't change it. The, the we point, can't be responsible for other people's actions. Well, I'm, I, I don't care about other people's actions. I only care about my own. Unless they affect our, unless they uh, thank you. If they step, if they step into my my area, yes, then I can they, control. Which it. they probably already have. I mean, a lot of people around the world are. I'm not denying it that they will step into your life and they will affect you if you allow it. Oh, you don't have to allow it. I mean, these people, they uh, walk without a conscious. They walk. Uh, they walk with Satan. We. we th th this would be a great topic for because, I, you know, there's some things I don't share either. But it would be very difficult to somebody to personally affect my life or or to interfere in that which I want to do. And well, what they do it covertly, so you, you really can't prove it. 
Well, if, if, if you keep your mental faculties sharpened, it's very difficult for anybody to... Co- I understand coercion very well. I spent a good portion of my life involved in the industry. Covert, covert. I mean, it's really... Yeah. It's, not, it's, it's covert. Yes, like, I understand. What they do is, is so, like, um, they basically uh, do it over and over again continuously, and if you try to explain to them... Uh, if you try to explain to anyone what's actually going on, um, they will consider you, they will try to make out as though that you're um, crazy or something. Wouldn't that have a lot to do with if you allow, you see, it depends on how, people who affect your lives should only be those people that you allow into your social context. And And if you spend your time surrounding yourself with people of a different belief, you're setting yourself up for it. Well, some people don't have a choice because they're actually they're locked into this system. No, no, everybody has a choice, and that's where I'll disagree forever. We all have the choice. I don't have to. I don't have to go to work anywhere. I don't have to surround myself with people. I have to. If I make those restrictions, then I have possibly. I have possibly put a. Uh, what's the word, Lori? Help me. Uh, uh, I, I may not be able to do. A lot of things, but I can still control. Laura, you're a perfect example of this. You control who you surround yourself with. Yes, I was just going to say you've limited yourself to what you can accomplish because of allowing people to tell you what you should or shouldn't do or what you can or can't do. I, I succeeded in gaining my... Um, my post-secondary education, my college education, despite the ridicule of people that should have been my immediate family even, which should have been um, by, by nature, you would think, in my corner, should have been people that I could have counted on. But I was... I was ridiculed. I was always told, you know, uh, people would have a question and they'd say, "Oh, come uh, go ask Miss College. She ha- she knows the answers." Um, I was the first of my immediate family of four, my mother and father and my sister and myself to go as far as a four-year bachelor's degree in university. Not because they not because they were in favor of it or not because I I um, allowed them to tell me whether I should or shouldn't. I took the drive on myself. I had a goal, and I was going to do it. And I did, despite the ridicule or otherwise. Heck, Laura, you were also told that because of your, uh, you know, physical, uh, quote, physical handicaps, you couldn't play the piano, right? Because you you had funny hands. Right. When I was um, going from my sophomore year into my junior year of of my music study, um, I no longer could do the vocal music major because of allergies and asthma, which had ruined my vocal range. And so then I thought, well, let me, let me investigate the avenue of going, finishing as a piano major. Well, 
I have two webbed fingers that, with uh, which I was born on my right hand uh, that have never grown to full length. And I was told that they wouldn't accept me as a piano major either. Even though uh, when I finished university in um, completing my degree, then ending up as a psychology major, um, I gave a piano and vocal recital. I've studied piano for 10 years formally. So So you did... did what everybody said you couldn't do because you wouldn't allow those people to influence your personal thought process. That's right. And, and, and however, failure occurs and failure brings a climax in which one has the privilege of clearing his mind of fear and making a new start in another direction. Again, when we failed financially on a farming venture, because of circumstances that were totally beyond our control, the only focus that we made was, okay, what can we control? Number one, I was never a fan of dry land farming because I couldn't control the conditions. So we focused our energy back into the irrigated farming practices in which I had more control. Not always, because we can still have the hurricanes and everything else. But to be honest with you, it took more investment of time and energy, it took more hands-on. When I plant my tomato plants, I'd plant 8,000 tomato plants. Each one of those tomato plants were pruned by my hands on a daily basis in order to optimize the yield. So you're basically uh, self-sustainable. Absolutely. And that's the way we, we're given the privilege of being self-sustainable. You see, what we've allowed, this is the, the I mean, it's a, anyway, you're supposed to be somewhere because of what society said you were. Let's assume, let's talk about education. Oh my gosh, you have a college degree. Well, therefore, you should be here at age 25 and you should be here at age 30. People should only go to college if they have a burning desire to become proficient in a very selected field, not this general BS. We have so many college graduates in this country that are dumb, stupid, and illiterate because they had no reason to go other than the fact that society said they should be, and all these young people are walking around burdened twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 in debt to the federal government. So they're going to be on the dole for the rest of their life. They're on the hook. When I went to school... Number one, half these people could not have ever gone. We had no multiple choice test. Everything was essay. There were 900 of us on the university campus, and all of us were there self-supportive, except for a few that had scholarships. There were no student loans. And almost my whole peer group ended up with degrees in four years because we worked ourselves through, working 20, 30 hours a week on the outside, my roommate graduated with two degrees, one with math and one in um, chemistry. Two bachelor's degrees. Of, uh, have you ever heard of uh, a documentary called uh, Zeitgeist? Which one? Zeitgeist. No, I haven't. It's called, uh, it's, uh, I can spell it uh, Z-E-I-T, Zeit, yeah. And then G-E-I-T. G-E-I-T-G-E-I-T. 
I S T, I think. Yeah, Zeitgeist. Yeah. It uh, yeah. very much explains, like, it, it just this. It very much explains that uh, the world we live in uh, can, can evolve into this uh, a better society where we can have this sort of uh, like a better a better sort of world. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really it's really explaining the world like we can we could live. I mean, in the future, if if mankind is still here in say three thousand years, I mean this is the sort of society they would be living in. Or I mean, Earth's just not going to be here because um, the, the the resources they're actually pulling from the Earth is just not sustainable. I mean, they're going to actually kill the Earth from oil. I mean, the amount of oil. I mean, you can only. I mean, their cars. I mean, there is a lot of cars that run on the roads. Mm-hmm. I'm sure in America, everybody is very dependent on... It's very car-dependent. Not everybody. Well, a lot of, a lot of people... Because uh, they were told they had people, to be. The first thing they want yeah. to do is get get cars. Uh-huh. And, I mean, that comes... I mean, the cars that they're running at the moment comes from oil. And there is only so much oil that they can actually pull from the earth until it, it's, they have to start running electric cars. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the same as anything else. It's that there is only so much of these resources that they can actually pull from the earth mm-hmm. until it becomes um that that there's going to be none of it left. So they have to they have to just become very like just sustainable, and they have to change the economy. I mean, the economy is is you have to come into question the economy as well. Uh, th- there are some uh, questions that need to be answered, and of course, again, if if you keep a world of producing people rather than a world of people who are being fed and bred through government programs, you will have people see. Mankind is. I'm, I'm involved in agriculture. I've never met a person involved in agriculture who was not a deeply involved steward of the land. We, we created the, the the field of ecology from agriculturalists. Those were yes. words that were not coined. Why would somebody want to foul their own space, you see? Now, people who are making these magnanimous uh, uh, rules and restrictions are people who have never experienced the reality of managing God's greatest gift, and that is land, okay? Managing the natural wildlife that surrounds it. You see, but, but now we've got a group of people who are institutionalized, as I call them, the people at the university that I met that have never been out in a field in their life, yet they write books on how you should farm, and they themselves have never farmed. And if we allow this to continue to happen and not allow individuals to think for themselves, which is what this whole is all about, thinking for yourself, we will end up in trouble because we're already well on the way. Reminds me of of the um, junk you see online today, Chuck. About about let us build your downline for you. Oh yeah, let us do it for you. Let uh, let me let do it for you. Let <laughs> me feed you. Let let me guest you. Uh, let me let me clothe you. Let me stand in line. When I get a phone call telling me that I'm eligible for a government program, somebody had to pay for somebody to call me. You see. And if and if I sign up for that government program, I'm on the hook. I'm on the hook. And this is what's happened. What part yeah. then? 
What part then does failure play in helping an individual? Well, you, break? Have to, you have to think what what are they actually paying you with? <laughs> I mean, this is all um, the, the, your actual economy. I mean, the, the, the economy is irrelevant. I mean, it makes no sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, it the economy. We need a new economy because the economy we have right now. Well, mine, mine works has very no relevance well. to any system. Yeah. It has no relevance to any systems at all. Well, let, let me share with you. My, my economy works very well, and again, what I focus on is what I control. I do not control the Federal Reserve System, but I do control my own economy, and nobody else, nobody else is privy to controlling my economy. Well, and if each that, one of uh, it, Pardon me? Well, that's right, yeah. You, you have no. You, you control your own economy. That's right, and, and and if we all did that, there would not be these pontifical people who have no practical knowledge sitting there deciding what should be the economy. You know what? We're going to come back and finish chapter eleven next week. I'm looking at the time. It's now nine twenty-two, and most of you know that on Tuesdays I have a place to be. So this is Chuck Bartok uh, thanking very much Daniel in Australia, and we also were visited by Arthur22777, who didn't join us live. Guest 5 came in, Guest 3. Guest 3 did leave us quite a few uh, good... Good comments there that we didn't discuss. Lori, thank you very much. And I look, I know that you're looking forward for your husband returning on his business trip. Uh, yes. Enjoy your daughter's uh, uh, activities today and your son. Uh, we sure appreciate your joining us. And uh, by the way, Daniel, uh, tell your friends, uh, all of these episodes are available for free download. It goes all the way back, 374 episodes. That's a few weeks, folks, uh, at focussociety.com, focussociety.com. We have people around the world, especially in your parts of the world, that have downloaded all the episodes onto their iPod. Okay. Have you ever heard of uh, I Am The Witness? I Am The Witness? .com. No, I haven't, but I will take a look at uh, it. He when talks I leave. a lot about um, criminals uh, in our society. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, criminal uh, Zionism. Mm-hmm. So if, if maybe you could check his website out because um, he's just trying to expose some of these uh, criminals. Right. Absolute, just just I mean, like blatant criminals mm-hmm. in, our, in our society. I mean, and he has a lot. I mean. Not gigabytes, but gigabytes of information on his website. All right, I'll take a look I at mean, it. I mean, if you go to his website, I wouldn't be surprised if your web browser would just freeze up because no. this guy has so much information about this subject mm-hmm. of about what these people are doing that is basically absolute irrelevant criminal acts. Mm-hmm. I mean, these people have committed... Um, it's just, un- I mean, it's just totally, um, the only way I can describe it is these people are just doing irrelevant things. Okay, well, we'll sure take a look at it, uh, Daniel. I do have to so leave. Do you have the, do you have the website? I, I wrote it down, yes, sir. Thank you very much. I, I am the witness.com. Right, I have it there. Thank yep. you very much. Yep. All right, we'll talk to you all next week. Join us again, same time, same station. This is Chuck from the banks of the beautiful Sacramento River. Uh, enjoying life as it should be. And, uh, uh, you know, it'd be nice to say go out and have a great day. But you know what? There is no alternative. So take care. Have a great week. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.